Gregory Elwood, and you are listening to another episode of the Four Quadrant Podcast, and it is my joy today to be joined by Billy Magnuson. How are you doing, sir? Hey, brother. How's it going? Thank you for having me on your show, Gregory. I wish I could see your face. I heard it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, would, I wish I could see yours, too, but it's, it's A-OK. Uh, at some point, this will all end, and virtual junkets will, will be a thing of the past. Maybe. There you go. There you go. Um, but uh, we're here to talk about your new television series, uh, Made for Love, which debuts yep. on uh, HBO Max on April 1st. My first question is, what about this show made you want to jump on board? What, what, what was exciting about it for you? What was exciting about it for me? Um, other than the fact that you got Kristen Milioti uh, leading the team out there, and then Ray Romano, you had a full, fully run female production from directors, producers, and writers that were doing it. Uh, and then the story itself about love. Love is crazy. And uh, I think our show takes the, the frame of our life and just makes it a little skewed. And it gets weird and crazy, just like love. Um, you know, it explores relationships and uh, the absurdity of it all. So you play a, a tech uh, um, billionaire, trillionaire maybe, uh, who named uh, Byron Gogol. Nailed it. Uh, and, and can you, ex I, I don't know if I can explain him adequately. Can you explain him or how you see him as a character? I, I will. I think uh, on the surface, he is the, the personification of toxic masculinity. He is the guy that is flexing with the technology, with his clothes, with the way he carries himself, the exclusivity of life. Um, that is all, which is all a facade. And he is hiding, a, a scared person is hiding behind it, um, who actually just wants to connect and fall in love and be understood and, and cared for. Um, it's, it's pretty dense. Again, I think on the surface, he's just a big old sociopath, sociopath douchebag. But the reality of it, it's hiding uh, a scared little boy. So that's what's really interesting to me is, uh, so for the press, they allowed us to see the first four eps episodes. Um, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so we've seen the first four. And um, what will happen is, uh, anyone listening to this podcast, you'll be able to see the first three on April 1st. And then a week later, you see the next two. And I think the next two after that, it's sort of- No, I think it's three, three, two. Three, three, two. Thank you. No um, but I have to say in the, you know, I'm, I'm watching the first two episodes and it's really dark. Like I was like, wow, this is not what I was expecting. I hadn't seen a trailer or anything. And yeah. he, he seems insanely evil, but as you, over the course of the three episodes, which I should, we should tell viewers is about 30 minutes each. So it's like 90 minutes. Yeah. You sort of make him more human and slightly more understandable just through those first three episodes. How, yeah. was that a challenge that you saw in the scripts? Was that something that you talked about with the showrunners? Can, can you talk about sort of um, that sort of line of playing him as a sociopath and wanting the audience to have some understanding or sympathy for him? I, I, can I, I want to take a little step back with it sure. a little more. Um, I think the, at the end of the day, you know, comedy and sci-fi and the darkness of the show are really good um, smoke screens to sneak around and talk about what relationships are. 
and human connection is really about. And I think the, the, the producers and writers created a playground of such an absurdly high, highbrow, not highbrow world, but like a, a unique dark world, but used it to hide that the show is really about love and relationships and a divorce that's happening. And that, that all these people are trying to connect. And so, again, you said on the first few episodes, you see this guy as the scary villain guy that's a sociopath and intimidating and out there. And then you slowly, he's humanized. I, I totally uh, came to this character with the human element, no matter what. It's just a guy trying to figure, figure out his relationship with his wife that's trying to get out um, and, and really connect with her. Because I think that's what the show's about. It's these people that are, want connection and they're hoping technology can connect them and make them more compatible and understanding of each other. But I think that's the crazy part about love is like, there's no right way to do it. And so many relationships are ended because people are miscommunicating with each other and they're not actually listening to each other. They're trying to control it. Um, I don't know if I answered any of your questions. No, you, you did. Uh, yeah. I, I, I totally understand that. And I, I understand as an actor, like that perspective, he's such an interesting character because as you continue watching, he, he, he continues to surprise in ways that you don't expect. And yeah. So for example, uh, and, and by the way, we're not really, I'm not, these are very minor spoilers. Uh, what I'm so fascinated are these little tidbits that I, I, I sort of made note of as, this, as the three episodes go along where you learn things about him and you're like, well, wait, why would he not know who Willy Wonka is? Yeah. Why does he not know what donut holes are? Why doesn't yeah. he like smells? Like, to I, be fair, I, not, I did not know what donut holes were. We called them munchkins in New York, so I didn't know what donut hole. <laughs> okay, all right. But is, is there a backstory to him that we eventually find out more about? As oh, the I think goes on? yes. We'll definitely get there. We'll definitely get to his background. It'll be really intriguing and uh, exciting to see what is what's he hiding? Because again, this whole vibrato is to hide who he really is and uh, avoid his authentic self. So. From your perspective, uh, you know, tackling the series, were you able to to see to to read all the scripts before you shot them, or did you at least know what what his arc was going to be, uh, you know, throughout the series? Uh, I I got when I first got introduced to the script, I got the first two episodes and then this episode eight, which really tied a lot of the character together for me. And that's why I described that it's all a facade. It's all this fake, um, this, this guy that's trying to be more than what he is. Like, and I think we all do that in relationships. We, we want to be the partner we think our partner wants us to be rather than being our authentic self. And that's where the, the disconnect happens a lot of the times, you know, where you're not authentic with the person around you. Um, yeah, uh, again, working with such a team, uh, with the writers, we had to discover this project as we built it a little bit. There was a finessing of like, okay, this is not in the world, so what can we do to make it more in the world? And that has been like the really exciting part about this project. I, I, don't, I couldn't pinpoint it as a dark comedy. I think there's so many other elements that I don't want to pigeonhole in that. 
And I think that's what's exciting about it. It's not just a dark comedy. It's not a romance, but it is. It's 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 sci-fi piece, but it's not. It's like all these things wrapped in one. And it's just such a singular thing that you, you know, can't put your finger on it. And I, I think the other thing that's really interesting about the, the show is uh, you, you find out right away that uh, both your character and uh, Kristen's, uh, whose name is Hazel, are yeah. living in this isolated sort of uh, quarantine, you know, amazing space uh, that, that recreates the world for 10 years mm -hmm. and have not left. Yeah. And um, I, I'm sure, and I know you shot this before the pandemic happened, but you, but when the stay-at-home orders and stuff must have started, you must have been like, "Oh wow, this feels like slightly familiar." To <laughs> I guess you're right. It was, you know, w when we started the show, it was way before the pandemic, actually. And I think we were like three or four episodes in, and then we just got shut down. So we were just kind of waiting to to pick back up, yeah, uh, pick back up the show. Um, I guess coming out of it on the this other end, the tail end of the pandemic and having the show come out. Yeah, there's something relatable to being a prisoner of your own um, creation, I guess. There, <laughs> there's element in there. But also, I think it goes back to the relationship. You are the prisoner of the re relationship you have built with your partner. And if it's inauthentic and if it's not actually a true connection, hell yeah, that's a prison. That is, that's more of a nightmare than anything. I don't know, you've been, have you been in a relationship where you're like, wow, this is not what I want? Oh yeah, I don't know many people who, who haven't, to be honest. I, yeah. I, I feel like the, the people who are in their first relationship, it's the love of their life. They, I feel like that is a 0.005% of the world's population. Yeah, right? There's I mean, and Maybe we, I'm we wrong, but that's just my take. Yeah, but but we all want connection. We all want love. We're right. the crazy part about it. We're all searching for that. And why? Why is it like we think we do tick this 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 box, or we we do this action that this will make it work, rather than just being open and receptive to the other person to really connect, be a receiver rather than just an output constantly. I think that's what our show really messes with. Uh, and I, I hope when people watch this, watch the show, that they question themselves about that a lot. Am I actually connecting with my partner or am I just projecting a lot more than uh, what, what, uh, what, what is actually there? Well, my last question for you just about Byron in general is, you know, what I sort of liked was that I, 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 I did not feel as though you were trying to emulate any other sort of like well-known sort of, you know, tech billionaire like uh, Elon Musk or, you know, mm -hmm. even Mark Zuckerberg or something. Uh, it felt like you were trying to make him his own singular sort of character. Is is that true or was there anyone you might have like, you know, oh, uh, yeah. on or inspired by? Yeah, I want to say um, this funny thing with, yes, I, I, I went out and looked at all these, I did research on some tech billionaires who I think weirdly are unique individuals in themselves. Like they are so important to society and pushing us forward as a species and as a community or just humanity to the next step. I think they're so important. That now that being said, usually they're kind of eccentric people, you know, <laughs> they think outside the box, which I admire so much.
So yes, that element's there. Um, but at the base layer, I, I, it, it, the show always comes back to connection and what it is to be in love and in a relationship. And I mean, we, we've all done it. We misread a situation or we, we project so much more than we take in. Um, and I think that's where I really built the character up is a guy coming from the coding world that everything has a structure. And if I do this, it will, A will equal B and then B will equal C. So there's a structure. And the funny thing with love is there is no structure. You, you, no relationship is the same. You know, it's a negotiation and a, a ballet dance that two people participated. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that. No, that, that, that makes fantastic. It makes total sense. Um, uh, you know, I, you, you mentioned the fact that uh, you guys were shooting before the pandemic, then you had to shut down when the stay at home orders uh, happened. How long was it until you guys were able to go back into production? And was that sort of awkward? Was it, you know, a nice break? Uh, did you feel like you came in, you know, rip roaring, ready to go because you, you guys had already shot a couple episodes? Uh, I think there was a lot of adjustments actually made through the, the pandemic. Again, you had the producers and directors sitting down and just like breaking it all down the same with us. So there was this nice weird thing that you never get to have with the production is a moment of pause and reflection and making sure you're creating what you want to put out there. So I think I was very fortunate, or our production was fortunate in that aspect actually uh, of having that. Yeah, but it was, I think there was a, it's also funny with our production, we would, sh we would shoot an episode or two and then we had to shut down for like two or three weeks because something happened on, something happened. Then we did it again and then Christmas happened and we shut down for two or three weeks. And then we're finally like, okay, we're on the train of making the show. Pandemic happens and we're shut down for seven, eight months. You know, it was this weird stop start with this project. But having a team that was fully invested and showing up every time it started up again is a really exciting place uh, to be and have or, or just be involved in because everyone was game. And that's why I think this show works is because every character from Noma's character to Dan's to Ray's, you know, everyone showed up and to play this game. And that's, I, I, I always hope to just work with people like that, that they, they make it about the project and not anyone individually. Well, speaking of the pandemic, uh, you know, I've spoken to a, a lot of actors over the, the past year and many of them had, have had either shows delayed or, or projects delayed and released. You have two of the, you have roles in two of the most anticipated films people have been waiting for for over two years that are still, that still haven't come out yet, that are about to come out finally, knock on wood, uh, with No Time to Die, the James Bond movie uh, that was pushed to November, uh, and um, The Many Saints of Newark, uh, which is currently scheduled for September 24th. Have you just been like, I mean, how, can you, can you, I, I'm sure you've done projects in the past where you're like, oh yeah, it's going to come out a year from now, whatever. Can you just talk about what it's like to, to know you shot something and worked on something so long ago and you just don't know when your people are ever going to see it? Yeah, there, there is a disconnect that happens. Uh, it kind of happened with Aladdin for me as well. Uh, I think I shot that two years before it came out, you know, two years prior and then two years I had to wait. There is this excitement that happens 
but this like roller coaster ride of emotions, especially with like the release dates with these two projects, it's it, it's challenging. But yeah, there's this distance and gap that uh, uh, happens, and there yeah, there's a weird separation to it. Now I feel like sometimes when you have a project that you do and then it comes out right away, you're so critical of it and so um, judgmental of it. I think it's kind of, it's going to be nice to be a little far away from these projects and just observe them as everyone else does, you know, um, when they come out. Well, I have one question for you about one of those projects. Uh, I'm a big fan. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was like, I'm excited for, I'm a huge fan of Carrie Fukunaga. So I'm like, just excited to see (laughs) what the film is like in itself, you know, Bond fan forever and the fact that I was able to be in it I was just like holy man yeah listen man you have history attached to your name you have starred in a movie where the title song won the Grammy award for a uh, best song from a, a from a, a feature that that before it even came out that's like never even happened before so um it, it will be a project you will never forget Clyde, for many reasons whenever you hear that song uh, but I wanted to ask you about many scenes of Newark, uh, Newark, because um, you're playing. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Polly, and yep. and and I wanted to know: uh, uh, Did you watch every episode of The Sopranos beforehand? Like, was that mandatory for for the film? Like, what was that sort of process like? Yeah, it's it, you know what's even crazier is um, to I think there's one thing about uh, portraying a, a living person. And like having the actual person there and who it was or documentation of it was. But again, this was created by, um, and now forgive me for forgetting his name, but the, it's a character that someone else created. So now I'm doing yeah. an interpretation of someone else's character that they created, which, you know, man, that's a, that's a challenging road to do or hill to climb, you know? Was it but, was it a fun project though? Was it was it? Oh my gosh! They, I was a gangster in The Sopranos. <laughs> you kidding me? It was a great time. Um, well, listen, we have to to wrap off the podcast, and I, I'm so glad you took the time. But as we do with every episode, I've, I've got four quick questions for you. Um, okay. The first one is: If you were not an actor, what do you think you would be doing today? Uh, culinary arts. Oh, just so you love cooking? Are you a, a yeah? Are you a I love eating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always glad people enjoy eating. That's good. Yeah. Um, I kind of like look at, you ever see Ratatouille and he like thinks of like all the, the colors and shapes that food does. I kind of yeah. have a bit of, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, the second question is, uh, you know, the, the pandemic is ending. People are getting their vaxes and all that stuff. Um, you know, if you could go to an airport and go anywhere in the world, let's say on a vacation, finally go on a vacation, a real vacation, where would you go? Oh man, I got, uh, I would do a lap again. I, I, a few years back, I did a lap around the world and I think I would just try to do that again. I did a whole lap in 18 days and just hit up a bunch of places. Specifically, you know, I love Southeast Asia. I want to see Morocco. Um, love South America. Yeah. And then Paris is always just Paris. I love Paris and the French culture. I'm always suspicious of people who don't like Paris. It always is like yeah. 
So it's like, right? How? How, like, how can you do that? Exactly. I, I don't get it. Um, uh, the third question for you is, uh, you know, you are a, um, you are a Tony Award nominee. Uh, you have uh, performed on Broadway many times. Uh, when Broadway reopens soon, and if you could go back and do any play or musical, uh, what would you love to, to do? I'm going to answer this question very specifically because I don't want to do a revival. I want to be part of the community that is the voice of now. And I think it's more important to catapult modern authors and modern playwrights now. So I couldn't say I want to go back and do something. I want to be a part of the wave of creating the modern, like true, true playwright and uh, artists of our times. I want to be on that wave of building that. That's I'm awesome. Yeah, I want to, uh, dude, I want to go back to theater so bad, but I want to be on the wave of what is, who, who are our uh, Arthur Millers? Who are our Tennessee Williams, you know? Let's, yeah. let's call, like, I don't need another revival. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, I'm just going to be honest, like, for the first year or two, they might need revivals to get people back in, but I'm 100% with you. Um, mm. 100%. Uh, and then my last question is, is, um, you know, uh, over the past couple months uh, or, or, or whatever, uh, in your free time, what is the last series that you have completely binge watched? Meaning you just didn't watch the first two episodes or three episodes and stop. You watched it from beginning to end. Oh, man. You're, uh, this, is, this is how dorky I am. You ready? Penn and Teller's Fool Us. I don't even know what that is. What is that series? It is a show. It's like American Idol, but for magicians. <laughs> is it still on or is it like? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so I'm such a dork and I don't care. But like that was like I use this is the question. Start to finish. It was that one. Wow, are you a magician fan? I just have to ask, are you a fan of, like, have you gone to the Magic Castle? Is that, like, your thing? I've never been. I've never been. I would love to go someday. But, yeah, of course. I think, again, that, that stuff is so cool. It's, it's reality shifted on its head. And that's kind of, like, all we're doing as performers, right? We're just exactly. shifting reality a little bit. We're playing with it. You know uh, it's not magic, but how did you do it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, Billy, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, congratulations you, on the series. I'm Dude. very curious to see how it, uh, it ends for the, in the, in the episodes we haven't seen. And uh, best of luck with your, your big movies coming out the rest of this year. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much.